Welcome back to Sports-ish, the podcast, a place to bring you the sports and the ish, a place to make sports fun, cute, and easy. This is not your boyfriend's sports news. It's Sports-ish. Thank you for being here. Happy Friday. This episode is so good. It's kind of random. We have two interviews that are very different, but very valuable in what is going on in the sports world right now. We have one interview that was pushed back a week. And so while my plan was a little thrown off, I was I was struggling. What is this episode going to be about? Who am I going to bring on last minute? And I found two really, really incredible interviews last minute. And so I'm going to share both of them with you. You know, last week we talked about the juxtaposition of loving and hating what's going on in the sports world right now. There's so much to love and there's also so much to hate. But this really personifies the bad with the good. I first talked to Emily Bushman, who we have visited many times on the Sportsish podcast. Her husband is Matt Bushman, who is on the Kansas City Chiefs. And Emily obviously was at the Super Bowl parade when the shooting broke out, which injured 22 people. So we're going to talk about that and we're going to bring her on where she shares her perspective of what happened that day as someone who was there and who saw it all up close and who is still living with kind of the trauma and the fear that comes from those types of events. The second interview is with Kristen Lapis, who is the director and producer of Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, which is the brand new, newly released this week documentary on Amazon Prime about, of course, none other than Giannis Adenokounmpo. And yes, I have practiced that one trillion times before saying it on this podcast. I I normally just go with Giannis, but if we're going to really highlight him, I should I should go with the last name, which Antetokounmpo, if you say it fast enough, I feel like it's okay if there's a mispronunciation in there. At the time that I interviewed Kristen, I had not sat down to watch the documentary yet, but I did last night and I was moved to tears multiple times. Giannis The way that Giannis and his brothers get to describe their childhood is so powerful and describe the sacrifices that their parents made to get them to where they are now. Both interviews are so good. I I couldn't push either of them, especially since our interview next week is equally as insane. So that's what you're going to hear this episode. One kind of heavy about the Super Bowl shooting, but a really valuable perspective on someone who was there and lived it. And then another who is just a joy to listen to Kristen talk about her work and the work she put into this documentary and how closely she got to work with Giannis. But before that, last Friday when we spoke, Caitlin Clark had just broken the record for the most points in women's NCAA history. It was an insane moment, but the Incredible Women in Basketball conversation continued throughout the rest of the weekend, particularly on Saturday night. It was NBA All-Star Weekend, and the highlight of the whole weekend was, bar none, the three-point competition between Steph Curry and Sabrina Ionescu from the New York Liberty. Honestly, I thought she had him. She had 26 points, which was just as many as Damian Lillard, who won the actual All-Star three-point competition. Steph pulled it out at the end, but 
it really did ditch the battle of the sexes mentality. The takeaway is just that it was highly competitive, that Steph viewed her as a threat, that Sabrina could keep up with the best players in the NBA. Honestly, simply put, it was just two talented athletes competing against one another, regardless of gender. And like Sabrina said, if you can shoot, you can shoot. It doesn't matter if you're a girl or a boy. One fun fact is that viewership for the All-Star Weekend really reached its peak during that particular competition. And what does that do? Well, it encourages more events like this, more female representation in these types of spaces. Meanwhile, the actual All-Star game the next day was trash. It's just kind of like an ego booster for certain players. So the biggest takeaway from NBA All-Star was the three-point competition. And you can tell that Steph really believes in Sabrina. He's a supporter of women in sports. We know that's what he did his thesis on, but it was clear that he really, really saw Sabrina as someone who could beat him and someone he didn't want to beat him. He was the one who suggested the competition in the first place. I mean, think about it. She kept up with him very well, and he is the leading three-point shooter in the NBA. Mainstream sports are kind of feeling boring to me right now. Back to my conversation from last week about breakaway roping. So I asked someone to explain it to me. And in fact, I did have a follower not only reach out to talk about breakaway roping, but also send me a paper that she wrote in March of 2022 about rodeo and breakaway roping and how breakaway roping cowgirls are not recognized as much as breakaway roping cowboys. And this girl wrote a whole paper on the needed change in the sport of rodeo, which again, like I said last week, I know zero about, I know zero about it, but I so appreciate a good thesis and some organized paragraphs. I mean, it's bringing me back to writing 150 in college. And all I want to say is justice for the cowgirls. I'm going to start watching more rodeo, particularly breakaway roping solely to support and you know what? Let's fight for more recognition for the cowgirls. Anyways, I love when followers do stuff like that. I mean, I possibly truly cannot cover every sport and every couple in every sport. I always get feedback. You should have included this person or this sport or this record being broken. Just I'm trying. We're trying our best here to represent as many people as we can. But I really love any type of suggestion, especially sent in my DMs and not just like a mean comment with your picture of your dog because when you troll, you only use pictures of your pets. That's this common thing that happens. I don't know. I don't get it. We're going to pivot into a more serious topic. We're going to pivot into the Chief Super Bowl parade shooting that took place on February 14th. What we know now is that as the Chief Super Bowl parade was wrapping up, There were shots fired. 22 people were confirmed shot. Four suspects have been charged. Two of them are minors. It resulted from an argument. The woman who died was a radio DJ. Her name was Lisa Lopez Galvin. So two local men now face second degree murder charges. And then there are two minors involved in the shooting and they're unidentified. Interestingly enough, the two men did not know each other. In the days since, we've seen many donations and acts of service by the chief's organization 
to a lot of the victims. Both Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift each donated $100,000, Taylor to Lisa's family, Travis to the children who were shot at the rally. There's so many things that are so sad. One of the saddest is that at a time when you're just supposed to be celebrating the team you love, winning it all, and it likely will change the face of celebrations in sports forever moving forward, especially championship parades. We don't know what caused the argument, but we spoke to Emily Bushman, who's, like I said, her husband Matt plays for the Chiefs, and she was there. She was at the Super Bowl parade, and we spoke to her about wrapping up the season, going to the parade, seeing this type of an event. That night, she actually had dinner with a few other players and their wives, and the media picked up on the picture of them at dinner and was ruthless, of course, because how dare people eat in the wake of a shooting and she kind of describes her perspective on how they were gathering together to process the events of that day and that was one of their ways of grieving everything that happened so let's jump to my interview with Emily okay Emily we're so happy to have you back well that's kind of you I love being back I don't know if your listeners love me being back but it's so (laughs) fun to chat with you so thank you I'm sure this will be one of many times but this time It felt really pressing because I explained this to you in my message, but I was prepping for the episode where I'm talking about the shooting and everything that happened that day. And you just popped into my mind as I was writing my outline for the episode as someone who was there and as someone who's a part of the chief's organization. And, you know, the last time we spoke, you were getting ready to go to the Super Bowl and you went to the Super Bowl. So let's start on that high note. How was that weekend for you? Yeah, Super Bowl was amazing. It was so much fun. It's it's crazy to think that it could have even been beat um, from the year before, but it was. The whole weekend was even more fun. Um, we had more family there. It was a city that we were used to and familiar with since Matt played for the Raiders, as well as it being close to our hometown in Utah. Um, and we just enjoyed the game. Crazy ending. The after party was even more fun, I would say. So we really just tried to soak in the entire weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, the after party had like, you know, a new person attending <laughs> that wasn't there the year before. Did you, did you get some glimpses? <laughs> yes, mainly just watch her from afar. I mean, we weren't that far away, but um, they were cute as usual. So yeah, it was very fun. So great. Well, okay, so you're riding this total high to Super Bowls back to back. And you go to celebrate the parade on Valentine's Day. And, you know, kind of just take us through that day from your perspective. I know the parade started around 11 um, and probably was a really exciting, really fun time for your family. But take us through the events in your perspective. Yeah, so um, I just had a babysitter for my girls. So Matt and I drove over to the stadium where they had like a big lunch for everybody and, or I guess it was breakfast. And um, they had the players size their rings for later will be a ring ceremony. And it was just a lot of fun to reconnect with everybody now back in Kansas city after the super bowl. And then you load um, like tour buses and drive to um, a place close to um, downtown that would have all of the buses that you have seen, you know, that have the no um, overhead top. What do they call those? Anyways, open top buses and um, we boarded those and we were, there was like, I don't know how many tons of those, maybe 20. Wow. Well, we were bus 39, but I swear it didn't start at bus one. 
I don't know. And um, behind us was um, Patrick Mahomes, Brittany, Travis, Donna. Um, and then we were bus the bus right in front of them. And we had most of the other tight ends. But everyone kind of just walks around when the parade begins. And it um, I didn't get to attend last year because I was back here in Utah pregnant. But it's insane how many people come to that. Yeah. Like, it's over a million. And I didn't think that I would ever even see that many people in one area. But yeah. it is absolutely packed. I posted some videos on my Instagram of as far away as you can look on top of buildings, people trying to watch the parade and yeah. enjoy it. And so it was just the highest of highs as far as enjoying that moment. I mean, it was a bonus that I got to be in the parade, but just being around that much fun energy and that many people loving the Chiefs and celebrating them was just unreal. Yeah, And it was so much fun. This year, since we got to be with the Chiefs for a full season without an injury, I think Matt and I both just felt closer to the team and the wives. And um, it was just such good camaraderie that whole day yeah so it yeah. felt great and um, we were just walking enjoying it there was people handing real live baby goats to Patrick and so we were getting that on video I mean it was just it was so funny like every part of it we were just um very in the moment and yeah. um, because of the crazy world today I did wake up in the morning like I hope something crazy doesn't happen today with that many people around mm. I don't know why the thought came to my head it's sad that that thought even has to come into your head in a situation like that but it did and um you finish the parade you know all the buses leave and all the players went on to the stage where some of you probably saw footage of that and the players um we were some of the only people in the crowd that were sober um but it was it was funny and fun and we just got to enjoy the moment um as they celebrated on stage and then one of the player personnel people named Candace, she's like, hey, after the players finish right here, I was um, looking about 100 feet away from the stage, looking directly on. And she said, hey, after the parade you, or after the speeches, you can go up and get a picture with your husbands on stage. Hmm. Um, and so we were like, OK, great, we'll do it. It was so loud, uh, of course, you know, music, people yelling, people cheering, even some fireworks like it was just a lot going on. Yeah. Um, and after kind of the stage section, we went around to the east to go take a picture up on on stage. And um, there was some security right there just among the family and friends that said, get inside, get inside, go, 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 rushing us inside. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just a look that I knew without ever seeing it before. <laughs> it was a look that was something bad happened. No idea what it is. I'm going to listen gonna remain calm so I went directly inside Union Station downtown um hoping that Matt was shortly behind and thankfully he was he walked in shortly after and they just said go get on the buses go get on the buses shooting on the west side mm -hmm. and um with that many people packed in your mind just goes to holy cow this could be bad like there's there's no way this is happening you know so we were one of the first people onto the tour buses um to get back to Arrowhead and the buses were all stopped and we didn't hear any any shooting, nothing like that when we were outside. Again, it was so loud. But um, as Matt and I got on the bus, we were it was an empty bus. We were like, this feels weird. We don't want to be the only ones on here. Let's go find a bus with people on it at least so we can be getting some info, make sure everybody's okay. So we walked outside again to the first bus where there was like the president of the Chiefs, which sadly I forget his name. I don't run into him very often. But And then um, several players 
and um, they were kind of just getting bits and pieces of information on their phones. And um, we had heard, you know, there's people there have been shot. And right then there's a woman wheeled up on a stretcher um, with her leg bleeding. She seemed to be okay. She wasn't freaking out or anything, but seeing her wheel up to the ambulance right next to our bus was like, holy cow, this is happening, you know? And you, you hear of these situations, but you don't ever expect to be in them. Um, and I remember just thinking, I'm so thankful that my daughters aren't here. And yeah. for the kids that were there having to witness it, they were afraid and our bus just tried to remain very calm. And and um, part of the scary part was that there was a rumor that the shooting, the shooter got into Union Station, which is where all the team was eating before the stage ceremony. Mm -hmm. um, and so there was plenty of players and family members hiding in closets in there. And mm -hmm. you can imagine how scary that would be. So um, some of the players have been getting attention for kind of how calm and and helpful they were during that time. Trey Smith was one of them and he was in the closet with one of my friends and he was like, well, I got my feet up against the door. You're safe, you guys. And he helped grab a fan um, and pulled him in a little boy. And and there was it was pretty incredible to later that day see all the people and how calm they were being, um, how helpful they were being amongst the chaos and tragedy of it. It wasn't until that next day that we really knew, you know, how many victims there were, if they were going to be okay. And then obviously the one who died and, and her name and her story mm -hmm. and um, able to donate. And you saw players that were able to go visit the hospitals and it's just, it's heavy. There's no, there's nothing that can prepare you for that moment. Seeing parents run with their kids you know crying um away from the scene and i'm very thankful that it wasn't much worse than it was it could have been much worse yeah um and i guess it the news has come out now that it, it wasn't meant to be a mass shooting or they didn't go in there intending to shoot anybody it was as you have reported also on your page kind of um to people that got in a fight and it escalated and they're minors and and so I, I guess just my takeaways were just makes you so thankful for your family and your safety and your health and that that's really all that matters. And um, mm -hmm. getting off the buses at Arrowhead Stadium, you know, an hour later, it was very somber, very quiet. Everyone checking in on each other, lots of hugs, um, just kind of everybody in shock a little bit. You all just think like Did that really just happened, you know, right. still not knowing the severity of it. So I know that was a little bit long winded, but. Um, that was kind of my experience with it and kind of still trying to process it a little bit and yeah, obviously donate where we can. So I'm, yeah, I'm sure that it's a daily thing that you're trying to process. Those are really hard images to see. I, I talked about last week, the Trey Smith thing with his, him telling the little boy, like, you're safe, you're safe. And just looking up at this huge guy who's telling you your, you know, favorite team, a football player telling you you're safe, you probably do feel safe. And so I think that is one of the silver linings to come away from it. But obviously there are tragedies that occurred. I mean, 22 people and so many children were, were injured. That's what's so crazy is, you know, of course it's a fight that wasn't meant to be a mass shooting, but still 22 people came away injured. Yeah. And that's what's so, so scary many. about it all. It's crazy. But, um, and also the death of Lisa Lopez, tell me about kind of how the chief's organization 
rallied together to support some of these families. And I know there was a chief's fund that was being donated to, from your perspective, what, what did the chief's organization do in response? Yeah, I think since we left um, Kansas City that following day, I wish I could have been kind of on the ground to see more because I'm sure that there's more that they've done that I haven't even seen. But yeah. um, I I was just pretty amazed by all the chaos of the week that players and coaches took time to go visit the victims. Yeah. Um, that means more in the long run, I think, than payment even, even though that, you know, many have donated to help however they can financially. Yeah. Um, I think seeing people donate their time, go visit in person probably meant a lot to those victims and their families. Mm -hmm. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if going forward into next season, into OTAs, maybe the ring ceremony, something like that, that there, these victims are highlighted and and brought into the family even more. And so mm -hmm. I, I hope that that's able to happen. I'm not positive what they plan to do, but um, they were there just trying to support the Chiefs, you know, just trying yeah. to enjoy the Super Bowl win. And so to help lighten their burden of what they've gone through, I hope um, the Chiefs can find even more ways to do that going forward. Yeah, truly. Well, I was so impressed with everything that I saw. You know, I look at Patrick and Brittany, they went from the Super Bowl win to Disney World to like a few days later, the parade, and then they're in the hospital the next day visiting victims. And but yeah. one thing that happened was that night, a group of you went to dinner. And of course, some media outlets grabbed that photo and tried to put some type of a negative twist on it. But I imagine that dinner wasn't, you know, a huge celebration. It was just people trying to cope with what happened together. Yeah, that was exactly it. And before I posted the photo of that night, I thought I have to be, I have to recognize that even though I have a small little Instagram account, that this yeah. might go viral. And will I still be comfortable posting this photo if it goes viral? And I was like, you know, I, I would because people need to see how some people grieve and come together and how teams come together and enjoy a meal together. And um, it's also everybody's last time seeing each other before the off season or in some cases ever, because yeah. many people are free agents at that point. So several people in the photo probably won't even be at the Chiefs anymore. Maybe not several. I don't, you know, it's up in the air how the season ends, but um, you're right. It did get backlash. Several people were like, what do you expect them to do? They're, yeah. They're eating together as friends. And then and then lots of backlash, which anything gets backlash these days. So you gotta have a, a hard backbone. But um yeah. I went to a high school growing up that had many suicides mm. and it was devastating every time. And um there was always a lot of judging and rude um culture around how people handle the suicides. If they chose to dress Sunday best the next day, if they didn't, if they were giggling at lunch, if they went out with friends that weekend, it was like, you, I just learned that there's no way to judge how people grieve or yeah. go through tragedy. And, um, and so again, I, I, I have no, you know, um, I don't feel sad that I posted that because it, it shows how some people grieve and go through it. And while we were enjoying food together, it did come up on the TV, um, the news about, you know, the shooting and everyone just stopped and it was pretty quiet. There wasn't a lot of discussing going on about it. It was just kind of seeing what the news was and, and taking that very seriously. So that it was definitely not a party. <laughs> it was right. us enjoying our time together. 
um, before everybody left for the off season and, and possibly never see each other again. But um, there's definitely a lot of thought that goes into anything Patrick throws, anything Travis attends, things like that. They're yeah. not just doing things nonchalant. So totally. Well, a terrible tragedy at the end of what was an incredible season. And as you look back, you know, aside from this really, really terrible event that occurred, as you look back on the season and watching Matt and experiencing, you know, all of your friendships within the organization and the highs and the lows, what what did this season mean to you and your little family? What What was the highlight of it? Wow, great question. And I, I think I'll still have to kind of process and I have wanted to kind of write it down or film myself discussing what are my biggest takeaways. So here's yeah. one way to do it. But Perfect. Um, some of my biggest takeaways are how many good people there are out in the world, even in, in the midst of a crazy environment like the NFL and then like the Chiefs. And then you add Taylor on top of that <laughs> and, yeah. and the exposure that, that came to the Chiefs this year. I was just amazed by how many good people there are out in the world and and um, in the spotlight. And there there was just so many kind people to us this year that I, I always looked back and after a night out with the team or the wives and thought, wow, I want to be cool like them to people. And mm -hmm. I really want to do a good job listening to people like that couple. They were really impressive. Or, wow, that couple, he like tears it up on Sundays, but he's really, you know, humble and and um kind the next the following day things like that so yeah. that was one takeaway is even though people have these huge spotlights how kind they are to people um i think another takeaway was how fun it was for andy who's now my my daughter andy who's three to be able to attend the games and enjoy it this year with us and say go chiefs and wear her chiefs gear to preschool having kids be a part of fun it, um, exciting celebrations is like a whole nother level of fun for me. What can we expect to see from you and your family? I love the way you document your seasons. Is there is there more of that in the future? Good question. Um, we are kind of in the midst of discussing that. Um, Matt had some good discussions with coaches at his ending meetings um, the day before. Was it the day before the parade? I think so. And um, they just said that they love Matt and he has some of the best hands on the team. Um, and since Matt is a free agent now, he just has to kind of weigh his options, see yeah. where the best place for us to land is. And um, agents get involved in that kind of discussing with other teams, discussing with the chiefs, discussing with Matt, what his goals and dreams are. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's just going to kind of take a little bit to decide what that's going to be, but um, definitely it'll be hard to go into next season with any changes because this year was just so much fun. And the next season of life, whatever that is, is going to have its own joys and hard times and good times and roller coaster, you know, all of that. But it really was a fun year that I will never forget. Well, no matter where you land, we are cheering you on and we'll probably bring you on the podcast at least seven more times. <laughs> <laughs> You're great. Thank you, Lily. I appreciate it. We love Emily Bushman. She's one of my favorite interviews, which is why you hear from her a lot. But I think she's just got a really positive perspective. My second interview 
like I said, was with Chris and Lapis, who directed and produced Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. As we head into the weekend, as you have more free time, you have to sit down and watch this movie. Kristen and her team have done such an incredible job of highlighting the man that Giannis Atentencumpo is. I say this all the time. When we learn a lot of the players' stories, especially stories like Giannis's story, it makes us want to root for the players more. And when we want to root for the players, we want to watch sports. And I've always said that there's these alternative methods to bring fans into sports. And I think the surge of sports docuseries and documentaries is one of those ways. Honestly, knowing that Kirk Cousins got hurt this past season was so devastating solely because I know his story and I know that he is a dad and a husband who wears Cole shirts and also was in an acapella group in high school and he makes it so fun to root for him. I also think the same happened with Jason Kelsey at this documentary come out that really showed him as a father and as a husband and showed his struggles with thoughts on retirement. And so people started to root for him. And this documentary with Giannis is just the same way. You see his childhood stories, you see him as a dad, you see him as a fiance, and you just want to root for him. So I get to talk to Kristen about what it was like to create that documentary on Giannis and work with one of what seems like the most lovable guys in the NBA. First, if you can just introduce and tell me about your role in the documentary. Sure. Uh, I'm Kristen Lapis. I'm the director and uh, producer of Giannis the Marvelous Journey. So amazing. Okay, so what gave you this idea to kind of jump into the story of Giannis, who, by the way, is the, seems like the best guy ever. He is. Uh, and I've been a fan of him for a long time. So I'm actually a hundred percent Greek. So my mom and my dad are both Greek. Okay. My, all of my grandparents immigrated here to America from Greece. Uh, and so like, this is such a Greek thing where like, if another Greek is doing something spectacular, like everybody feels the sense of pride in him. Um, and that was absolutely the case with Giannis. So like, yeah. we all felt so proud of what he was doing in the NBA um, I also come from a, ba a basketball house. Uh, my dad was a, a college coach for 25 years, and he now is an analyst on CBS. So again, like basketball junkie and then the Greek thing. Um, when I got to the company I work for now, which is called Words and Pictures, it's a production studio in New York. Okay. Uh, bosses were like, we're in talk with talks with Giannis and his team, and we think he might be ready to like finally share his story from his own words. Like, the broad strokes had been written about, but just it's never come from them. And so they were like, we think you might be the perfect person for this. And they like sent me to Athens and I went and met with him and pitched him on why he should do this. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> what was the initial response you got from him himself? Was he eager to tell his story or hesitant? So I think that he was honestly on the fence and like a little guarded. He's yeah. actually a way more private person than people think he is. Mm. He um, really doesn't have like a big group of like friends. He's not really in the NBA fraternity. It's really just like his inner, inner circle and his family or like the people that he keeps close. Yeah. So it was funny because I didn't know what to expect when I flew to Athens. They were like, you're going to meet with him. And I assumed that it would be like him and like 10 of his agents and stuff. Yeah. But I get there and it's just him. And so it was like so much better, honestly, because I could like yeah. actually connect with him on a personal level. Totally. And I was like, look, you've played 10 years in the NBA. 
you you say you want to play for 20. So you're at the middle point in your career. Mm-hmm. Isn't that such a wonderful place to like take a step back and just reflect on the first part of the journey? Mm-hmm. And like we can do your last dance basketball story when you retire. Right. But this is really like a family immigrant story. And like, not to get political, but like that story needs to be told right now. And I mm-hmm. think you can really reach a lot of people with, with that, with your story, with your family story. And I think that like kind of clicked with him and he was yeah. like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and that was that so right now is particularly exciting on the court, but also off. He just had his third child, his first daughter. Tell me how much um, of a father we get to see Giannis as a father we get to see in the documentary. Yeah, it's actually pretty funny. Really quickly before I answer that, uh, Mariah, his fiance, and I were both pregnant when I interviewed her. Wow. So, again, we had this like instant connection where she was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm going to throw up. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> this is great. Amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Giannis, the father, is a huge part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, his his dad had a major impact on Giannis's life. And the theme of fatherhood kind of is a um, kind of a through line throughout the movie. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but he has a, a tragic thing happen to him involving his dad. And so he became a father, I think a lot earlier than he imagined he would be because of his own dad. And so that's something we absolutely explore it's changed who he is. He says he's like, he's been so humbled by the experience of becoming a dad. And I do think you get to see a very different side of him because even on like Giannis's social media, he doesn't really show like his children's faces. He's very apprehensive to like share anything about his kids. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know if I want them in the movie. And I'm like, this is such a big part of your identity. Like we need you to show this wonderful side of yourself. Yeah. Um, And so again, like, trust was built over time and he finally allowed us to capture some really special scenes of him with his kids, which was, um, I think elevated the whole, the whole film. So rare to see him like that. I went to all-star weekend. I've been a few times now and he is just so engaged and hands-on as a dad and does the funniest things with his kids, always holding at least one of them. And so, but we don't really get to see that unless you're, you know, at an all-star weekend and and so that's that's amazing. That's a huge selling point to the film right there to see Giannis as a dad. We see Giannis as a goofball. We see him as a dancer. But what other sides do we get to see him in in the documentary? Well, first of all, you get to see him as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. There was a, a, a film. Um, he was like a videographer that was friendly with Giannis. And so he started filming from the second that Giannis stepped foot in America. Wow. We were able to use a lot of that footage in this project, which is awesome. Um, That videographer's name is Nick Monroe. He's great. Um, And him and I worked really closely because he's a close, you know, he knows Giannis really well. Yeah. So you get to see him as a kid, um, this like little skinny, wide eyed, you know, person that's just trying to acclimate to America. And there's all these funny, quirky silly things that happened to him where he's like, I'm in America. I love smoothies. Like, you know, all all that stuff. But I think the the most important thing and the thing that was, I think, differentiates this movie from other content that's been done um, involving Giannis yeah. is the, the introspective side of him, the philosophical side of him, mm-hmm. the emotional side of him. Um, yeah. You know, he 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 was really emotional in the interview. 
Um, and I think that he almost talks like he's like this like 70 year old man who's like lived this really long full life. And in a way he has, because he's been through so much, Yeah, but like, he's just so philosophical, like his approach, um, on death, on fear. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was like so many instances where I was like, okay, I'm going to write this down, not just for the film, but just to utilize in my own life. Um, and I think that's yeah. going to really surprise people. Yeah. Well, and I think we saw a glimpse of it at the end of last season when he was asked, do you view this season as a failure? And his response was so profound. And I had never really fully seen that part of him before. So that was, I can't wait to see more of that. What uh, years were you actually filming and creating the project? Yeah. So I, I met him for the first time in 2019. Okay. Um, I was still working at ESPN at that time. And I was sent by ESPN to cover the release of his first signature Nike sneaker. Um, and so I met him and kept in touch with him a little bit. So that was kind of like where it started, but we didn't um, begin filming for this project until uh, two years ago. So it was literally March of 2022. Um, okay. It was like a two year process making this. Okay. So, and 2022 so right after he won the championship exactly yeah okay wow there's got to be uh so much good stuff in it i i really can't wait what do we see of of him and his brothers that's one of the relationships that i love the most well first of all when i met with him in athens and you know way back two years ago he said to me he goes also, like, I'm not doing this unless my family is fully on board and like they want to participate. He's like, I don't do anything without my brothers. And so wow. the next step for me was like, so I won him over and he's like, now you got to go talk to all my brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, they're wonderful. Their connection is unlike anything I've ever seen. And hmm. something that was really important to us in the movie is making sure that like, when we're retelling a story from Giannis's childhood, you're not just hearing from him, you're hearing the perspective of Thanasis, of Kostas, of yeah. Alex. And so they're almost like, they're so in sync with one another that they almost like complete each other's sentences. And so it's yeah. a really cool thing in the edit that you're able to like use somebody to start a story and then you can kind of like progress it with another voice and continue. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was such a joy to see the brothers together. And um, there's this funny saying in Greek, um, it's, it's called, uh, Kolos Kevraiki and it's in the movie. So I don't want to, I don't want to have any spoilers, but just yeah. once you, once you see that saying, you're going to laugh because it's basically, um, a Greek saying for how close brothers can be. Um, so. Wow. So special. What did this project mean to you individually as someone who's Greek, as someone who has children, as someone who loves the NBA? I mean, you have so many ties to Giannis, the person, um, what did it mean to you to be able to create this? I mean, once in a lifetime opportunity, I, I always try to feel a sense of connection to the projects that I work on because I yeah. think you do your best work when you have that connection. Mm -hmm. But with this one, it's like, I don't think I'm going to ever be able to top this. I was just telling my mom and dad that the other night at the premiere, I was like, I don't know, where do you go from here? Like, it's yeah. like you're, you're a hero and like, you know, it's, it's been a really cool um, process and I've learned a lot about myself as a, as a filmmaker. It's like before Giannis, um, I was kind of tackling topics and working with subjects that weren't as famous as him. Okay. And so it's just a whole different level when you're dealing with somebody 
who's a current athlete. So their story's like still being written. Right. Kind of be fluid with like, okay, we thought it was going in this direction, the film, but now it's going to take like a hard right turn because of, you know, this just happened to him. So that's been challenging, um, but really rewarding as well. And um, I was also at the all-star game this weekend and we had a big premiere and Giannis um, before the, the premiere, he was introducing the movie and he was like, in 15 years, he calls me Kristen. He's like, Kristen and I are going to do a part two to this. This is just part yes. one. So, <laughs> Well, that's what you said, like a, a second part. I think that's what that's what could top it is. I liked the last <laughs> idea, um, because if this is just the middle of his career, I can't even begin to imagine what else is going to happen. Do you have any other athletes or subjects that you dream about covering in the future? Oh, that's a great question, man. I mean, I'm, I'm currently working on uh, a documentary series with Caitlin Clark. <gasps> Stop uh, it. Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 That's so amazing. I'm like in deep on that now. And that comes out in May. Oh, that's incredible. So fun. So I don't even like, I haven't even thought beyond that. I'm just trying yeah. to get, get that one to the finish line, but she's clearly an amazing person. And we've yeah. gotten some awesome access with her. Like we were with her last week um like in the hours leading up to the game where she broke the you know the all-time scoring record so right oh wow Kristen you're doing incredible work I could not wait to see that Caitlin is an icon on and off the court and I think she has brought this whole new generation of of little girls into basketball which is so important oh that I love what you do is because you cover all of the athletes that I'm already like in love with but in such a unique way through a unique lens so thank Thank you you for that (laughs) thank you well I uh I can't wait to to get together in the future and and learn more about what we're doing and how to amplify each other's work I just like am so impressed wow the Caitlin Clark one just hit me I'm like you you're jumping from Giannis to Caitlin like two of my (laughs) favorites incredible uh no the honestly the feelings are totally mutual so I'm I'm really excited that we were able to do this yes thank you so much I'm trying to think if there's is there anything else you want to share about the project I mean I I'm sure it was just so meaningful for you and I want to make sure you are able to say everything yeah I mean I I'll tell two two quick stories please please so first of all like you asked what it meant to me and now that I'm thinking more and reflecting it was also really cool like I still have family that lives in Greece Mm. and one of my cousins is a producer in Athens and she was able to like work on this project with us so it's like this weird thing I told Giannis this I'm like you like helped me reconnect with like my Greek heritage like wow um so it's just like personally it was just a, a a wild experience um and it just yeah allowed me to kind of connect with my Greek roots again, I guess. So that was rewarding on a personal level. Um, The other thing I'll say is like, you asked how Giannis is as a person. Um, This story, I feel like just kind of like encapsulates him and his family in such a good way. Uh, So we, my boss and I in November, as like a courtesy to the family, we didn't want them to see the film at the all-star game for the first time. Like that just felt really wrong. For sure. So we like flew to Milwaukee to show them the final film. And I was like, so nervous. Cause I'm like, yeah. okay, people lived this. Right. And then like, did I get it right? Like, are they going to have like, you know, criticisms, all this stuff. Right. 
So we thought that we were going to go to like the Milwaukee Bucks like facility and like play it in like a film room there. Yeah. And he literally, Giannis texts me. He's like, oh, no, no, no. Come to, just come to our house. It's fine. And I'm like, okay. So we like like show up. It's like eight o'clock and it's like him, his mom, his fiance, his three week old daughter, both of his brothers. And they're all just like sitting on the couch. They offer us dinner and wine and like, Huh. We, like watch the movie in their house with them and like I was literally shaking he's like Kristen are, are you nervous and I'm like I don't know but like, didn't even watch the screen was just watching their faces oh, wow and it was like the most surreal rewarding like one I just will never forget the moment like yeah seeing them like laugh cry um they noticed like the craziest detail like they're just so smart they were like did you for because there's some re- reenactments in the movie because um there's just like no footage or archival of like right. when they were kids yeah but we like shot all of the recreations in Greece in the actual places that they like lived in and grew up wow. and they were like did you like how did you get into our first apartment that we ever lived in and they just noticed all of those details so yeah. it was just really, it was a cool experience. That's amazing. And what did you feel like his response overall to the film was? I tried to put myself in his shoes and Mm -hmm. like what it must be like to see the entire journey like laid out in front of you. Right. Uh, Yeah. And it was just like, he was so overcome with emotion. Like it ended and he just like, like Thanasis is very, very emotional. And he was like, you know, crying and laughing and hugging everybody. Yeah. Giannis just kind of like he just like took a moment and he just like put his head down in his hands and he was just trying to process it all wow and then he like looked up like three minutes later like the most suspenseful three moments of my life and he was like <laughs> he's like you 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 nailed it like you got it right and like wow. that was like whew, okay wow what a good feeling to be able crazy. to yeah cover somebody's life and to have them really just it means something to them and be special and meaningful. That's, that's incredible. I hope you feel so proud of yourself. Again, you go up and down with these things. It's like, you think it's going to be great. You think it's going to be terrible. Like you don't know. And you put your, like, it is like you put a piece of yourself out there for people to like judge. Um, But ultimately if the subject is happy, it makes you feel a lot better. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see it. Like I said, weekend plans, and I will encourage every soul I meet to do the same because it sounds incredible. You're very, very sweet. Thank you again. This is awesome. That's going to do it for us today. I'm really excited about next week's episode and the guests we have coming on. She is a family member to one of the biggest names in the NFL right now and shares an incredibly important perspective, especially in light of Black History Month. Thank you so much for joining me. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoy Sportsish, please rate or review. I'm in the process of trying so desperately to grow this podcast and any review or rating is helpful. Have a fabulous weekend and we will see you next week.